podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's a very, very skeleton crew this evening for this one. And the person who will tell me what episode it is, is the person who happens to be joining me. So that's handy, isn't it? Can I introduce you to my conversation partner for this evening on this Pared Down Anfield Index podcast, Lisa Marie Hanahan. How are you doing? I am... As always, happy to be here, and most especially for episode 372 of the ah. Anfield Index podcast. <laughs> work. That's why you keep work. me around, isn't it? Because I'm the only one who can keep track. I can always rely. Job security. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely. These are the things that make a difference. Uh, so um, I wanted to have just a, a chat about several different topics, some more emotive than others. But, you know, it's just the two of us and we should start off with something, I think, fun. And this is one you suggested when you pointed me in the direction of the official YouTube channel of the club to go and take a look at a video of Virgil and Curtis giving whatever it is, 83 day early Christmas presents to the rest of the squad. Now, it's 10 minutes of pure joy, I have to say. Um of course, there's the potential for these things to be wildly cringy. This wasn't at all. This is fantastic. And before we talk about that, if you haven't had a look, there's a little shorts section, like as in video shorts, on the website as well, on the YouTube, the official YouTube of the club, um, where you can watch Trent, Trent and Mo having a handshake off to see who's the strongest. You can see... Lisa Marie's son, Harvey, doing some absolutely crap wrestling moves on a mat for reasons uh, and several other wonderful things that I, I could recommend. And I spent a very enjoyable 17 minutes. This is all because of you, Lisa Marie, watching an interview with Cody Gakpo. Um, I guess it's one of these A Day With series that are done. It's a girl oh, called. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Ruby Deschamp is the girl. She's very good. She's very natural, mm-hmm. very self-possessed, had instant rapport with everyone she was talking to. I thought she was great. Um, but she and Cody are having a chat about his life. He talks about his background, his faith. They go to training. He just comes across as a really good guy. And by the way, if you ever want to hear a foreign footballer doing a Scouse accent, you should always ask a Dutchman because they get that guttural thing that you need if you're going to do a proper <laughs> Scouse accent. But Cody is outrageous. Anyway, back to the thing that we wanted to talk about, which was the Santa showdown. Now, why did you suggest this in the first place, Lisa Marie? Because it was a great it, tip. It popped up 
maybe, and it was just, a, it was like a clip of it popped up somewhere. I can't remember now if it was um, Twitter, or, well, whatever it's called these days, or um, Instagram, but one or the other. I saw it this morning and it made me, and I had an incredibly busy morning, but I stopped and went to the YouTube channel to watch the whole thing. And um, yeah, so I was like, and and then a couple of the topics that you had suggested come across and I was like, oh, well, then Trev's got to see this. So Yes, I'm, I'm glad but, you did because it's a lovely balance. But again, for the record, for people, you obviously were very taken with a couple of moments or something in it, enough to go and watch the full thing and enough then to say, hey, we should look at them, we should talk about this as well. So what was it, like we, we were just talking before the mics went live and we were saying, and we've said on this show before, the club are really good at this stuff. But what was it about this one that you thought, well, this is definitely worth seeing? Um, You know, I I don't know that it was anything specific. I think it's just in general, the club is is good at this stuff. I, I don't really recall anything offhand in the past, I don't know, couple of years. It's ever been cringy or mm. awkward or, you know, they just and, and I don't know if we just have, um, you know, an incredible Camry camera friendly set of players or or what um but but they all they're just they're funny when they do it and and I think I was like okay I I'm always in for Curtis's voice because that Mm. accent is just it's special um (laughs) and I mean that in a lovely way but um but yeah so anyway I don't know I just I just thought they'd be funny and yeah so started watching it and of of course, um, it was it was it was class. I mean, Dominic Sabazlai in the red robe was really a highlight. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he might be a highlight for you, regardless of what he was in. Um, but do you know what really got it from me, or what all these things have all done done for me? The thing I really have hung my one of my several hats on is <laughs> when I was a kid. You know, back in the 40s, you could oh, not get you could not get. That means I was, too. So stop it. <laughs> I, I, you're, I'm dragging you right down with me. Yeah, uh, you are. You, you, uh, you <laughs> could not get any decent content. You didn't know anything about the footballers. You didn't know anything, certainly not about anything really to do with their personal lives, unless something spilled over into the tabloids. And this was Liverpool, so that would never happen. We never had scandal-ridden uh, uh, players. It just didn't happen at Liverpool. Everyone was media trained to the extent that they were told to go out and say, well, we just take each game as it comes. We respect our opponents. All the cliches, our boys <laughs> would trot them out. It was never anything controversial ever, ever, ever. But similarly, you didn't get a feel for how, what anyone was like as a person. Um, and this is what's amazing about this. You would have a, an impression from watching him play and seeing him interviewed that Virgil van Dijk's a very dominant sort of alpha male leader type. And then you see him and he's very much that. But you wouldn't have <laughs> thought Curtis was quite as charismatic as he is either. You wouldn't necessarily know that. You certainly wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any impression of just how, aren't they remarkably tactile touchy-feely kind of group they're always high-fiving and hugging and they seem to be I don't think it's put on it they seem to be genuinely fond of each other yeah I I think you're absolutely right I mean I think and I honestly think that you know one of the best positives about this team is they do genuinely seem 
fond of each other. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like those training, you know, I, and I don't watch them all the time, but the the inside training videos that they'll put out on, on YouTube on the channel, you know, and sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's them just running through like the warm up drills. I'm like, all right, this is really not interesting. But but when they start doing the little like the, um, you know, the tennis matches or the, you know, just some of the more drill stuff where you can see them truly interacting <laughs> with each other, it, you do they. They all honestly seem to get along. I mean, obviously, there's going to be I mean, you can't help it in a large group of people. You're going to have some that are good. You know, they're going to be more friendly towards others. And of course, you know, with language barriers and and that sort of thing, you know, some of them not necessarily speaking the same language. But but they do. They all seem to genuinely enjoy each other's company. And then as new ones come into, I mean, Alexis, Dominic, um, you know, that. They're all I mean, they've only been with the team since the summer and everybody you already see that that bond, if you will. And and I don't know if it's just it's probably a combination of things. I think it's it's probably down to the manager and just the way he leads the group. But I think part of it's just down to the players themselves, the guys themselves. And and it probably helps that you've got several international captains. You know, mm. so you've got, you know, from from that standpoint, in as new players come in, you know, there you, you've got, you know, Andy Robertson and, and Virgil Van Dyke, and, and you know that they're they're captains of their countries, and so they're used to bringing personalities together to be able to be able to play. But but they do, they're just, and I think that's part of the reason this content is so enjoyable. It's not just that, as we said, they they seem to be natural, so to speak, in front of it, but I think it's because. They enjoy interacting with each other. It's not like, oh, let's put these two guys together and see what they do. And they're like, why, yes, Virgil, that's a great gift. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a real insight into the personalities. And they are very different. I mean, uh, we get we, we said it earlier on, you get to see a great sort of unusual side to Robbo in this one. And then full-on classic Robbo also. You get to see... Um, the ongoing absolute lack of English that Darwin Nunes possesses is stunning. He just does <laughs> bless not. His heart. Bless his heart. He just, they just, you know. But you know what? Go, well, go ahead. No, no I was no. just going to say, I, I think too, or you have, or I wonder um, if, you know, when he's with them, you know, on the pitch or in the locker room, he may, when you're in front of a camera, you're self-conscious anyway. And if you're in front of a camera and trying to speak something that isn't your first language, I can only imagine. I mean, so it, it, that may be a little bit of it is he's just self-conscious and, you know, of of speaking the English properly. And then, yeah, so, I mean. That's actually a fair enough point. Uh, and, and look, the thing about it is. Even though the language barrier is clearly a massive thing in the interactions between the, the guys and and Curtis is like just shouting words at him so he might understand what he's <laughs> do you know? But but like there's no less fondness. Exactly. Uh, m- mutual fondness on yeah. display, which I look I don't give a shit if that makes me sound like a sap. I find that heartwarming. I genuinely do. No, you I said earlier it. on. You, you said earlier on it's probably the manager and it's probably also the set of players in question. But I think actually you come full circle around it. That's probably the manager too, because there is the unproven 
but very much part <laughs> of lore dickhead test uh, right. that seems to exist. And we don't seem to have any wrong ones. You know, we don't have any bad eggs. We seem to have good lads. Some of them are going to be drier than others. Like I said, <clears throat> even Cody Gakpo, who seems to be quite a serious minded young man, um, Klopp describes him in that video a, a day with as um, the oldest 24-year-old boy he had ever met. And I thought, well, that's very, very interesting and quite an insight. And, you know, even someone who's comparatively serious-minded and driven and obviously just wants to do things the right way and do well, like Cody, can still have a bit of fun. You can see that in them. And for a person who you know, spent a lot of years in teams and still with a reasonably extended crew of male friends would talk like that. We slag each other, you call each other brother, you know, you do that kind of stuff. And it's, I just like it. It's, it's, it's very, it's very, um, like I said, endearing. And whatever that X factor is, it makes me even more fond of this bunch, which I I didn't think was possible. You see stuff like this and, you know, (laughs) I actually really like them even more now, you know. Um, So I think it's a really it's a a hard recommend if you're maybe a bit flat about the football. Go and check out the, the content on the YouTube channel because it will actually lift your spirits. And, you know. We have to go to a more serious topic now, but it's kind of related in terms of the group and the togetherness that we saw displayed in the gesture by um, Diogo Jota when he scored and held up the Luis Diaz jersey, because we have this thing ongoing, this horrible situation that we can't really relate to. I was just talking to Jan about it on Malby on the Spot, maybe an hour ago. And, you know, we were both saying, like, as Europeans... We can't relate to this as a, a, a thing that's part of our culture at all, really. I mean, the rare, rare occasion you hear about kidnapping of maybe a, a, um, a famous person, but it's far more culturally prevalent, it appears, in certain parts of South America, maybe even Central America, from what I've heard as well. Um, not quite a given, but to the extent that for a while, and this was probably before your time being in, engaged with English football, there was a period of time where English footballers' houses would be burgled on match days. It was just a thing that happened. I think because that still happens. I mean, not possibly. necessarily in Liverpool, but there's been, I've read things recently, and I can't remember the specific examples, although I want to say it was Manchester, either Manchester United and or Manchester City. It was United, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they've had a couple that in recent times, and then there was somebody, I think, one down in Italy, I don't remember which team, but I think that does, I mean, it, it probably doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to, just security measures and security systems and, you know, and all the things, but, um, but I think that does still happen. Oh, and listen, it's a not horrendous. As, not as, yeah. It's it's not a horrendous. It's a horrendous violation. Absolutely yeah. is. I had a little experience with that on, would you believe, Christmas Eve in my house in the country, and what that means is it was somebody who was touring around and knew, or more likely, it was somebody who I actually possibly know or who knows my family or whatever in the locality. And that's even grimmer, really, when you think about the amount of humans that are in my community. It's very small. Um, So we had that. We arrived home just 
I think, in time to spook them. And so they took a couple of presents from under the Christmas tree and ran out. And it was just like fucking incredibly irritating um, more than anything else. But it's just stuff is where I'm going with this, as opposed to what poor Luis and his family are putting up with. It's a completely different thing. The welfare of someone that you love is at risk. There is an implicit threat there that it's not just about, uh, you know, if you don't pay up or if you don't do whatever the, 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 the requirement is, then X. X could be and is the implication is that it's going to be a threat to the welfare of the person that you love. It's dark, Lisa Marie, and it's a really, really, really kind of, I think it's because it's so mad. I think people haven't really thought about it or can't really relate to it. Do you know what I mean by that? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I, I, I do. I think you're right. I think it is something that is not it, – it's like a plot to a movie or something. You know, it's it's just not relatable to to, to what we, as you, know, as you said, Europeans or, or myself as an American necessarily, um, you know, live within – but, yeah, I mean, Jada's gesture, honestly, and I mean this absolutely sincerely, brought a tear to my eye. I just thought that was and, – and you're right. It was just – it was just an absolute example that you can tell – you could tell it was not like for show or for, you know, oh, the camera's going to be on me. Let me do this. It was, it was the sincere. Those, those players are hurting for him, um, mm. you know, and, and I think sometimes – you know, they're they're they probably spend as much, if not more time with each other than they do their own families. Yeah, and, of course. you know, to see something like this happen, you know, to to one of their teammates is, is just got to be heart wrenching. And, you know, and as much as it's affecting Lewis and what he's going through. And we even talked to, I don't know that I was if necessarily we talked about this, but but like back when Allison lost his father, you know, suddenly mm. you, you could tell that that. You know, that affected the team because, you know, here is their friend, you know, having to go through something so horrible. Um, but, yeah, but I, I can't even imagine. And I think it, you know, it was initially said that he had gone back home to Columbia and now it's he didn't. And I read something, I think, last night because I was just trying to see if there was, you know, I feel like the same story keeps. I've read the same like story you know, rehashed a couple different times. I was looking to see if there had actually been any, you know, de- true, you know, developments. And, um, yeah, he's, my understanding is he did not go home. They, they said for his safety, he needed to stay in Liverpool, which that's, that's just makes it even harder, you know, to be, not only this is happening to your family, but you're thousands of miles away from them. And, 
you know, can't be right there for your mother or for, you know, any other family members as they're as they're going through this. It's, just, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. And that does that does make it worse. And I, again, I thought, you know, I, I, I mentioned this to Jan as well. I it was really noticeable that, you know, when Cop was speaking about it, he was speaking exclusively about the welfare of his player and his player's family. And I was saying to Jan, and I, I don't think this is a stretch. I think you probably agree, agree with me. It was the, basically the question was around Luis's involvement or potential involvement with the squad. Uh, when this was all going on. And it seemed to be very much what Klopp was driving at was, will we see what's best for him? And I honestly think, uh, what do you reckon to this? I honestly think that if Klopp thought playing, or if Luis thought playing, would actually be beneficial to him at the weekend, then whether he was 100% focused like he normally would be or able for it like he normally would be. <coughs> I think our manager lets him play. I think our, our manager insists he plays. Um, and that's tying these two topics that we've got together really well there because that's, some people will say it's sappy. Some people might even say it's unprofessional. But it's one of the things that we love about this group, uh, this leader that we have Um now I'm being maybe I'm being fanciful. Maybe Klopp wouldn't do that, but I have a feeling he would. What do you reckon? No, I I agree with you. I I have a feeling he would too because you, I mean you can see the way he interacts with these players, the way he talks about these players. That it's like he's got you know however many sons. You know the these are I honestly think that and and there's some managers that aren't that way at all. But but I really think to Jurgen Klopp this is his family. These are his boy. You know, he talks about the boys. Those are his sons. Those are his boys. And and you're right. I think if, you know, Lewis came to him and said, you know, Gaffer, I just just let me I just need to be there. I need to, you know, even if it's he's just there on the bench so that he's amongst the team just as. Yeah, you've got to do. I mean, any situation like that, my, my personal perspective is you have to do what's right for you and. And I think I actually saw something earlier that that he's been in training a couple of days this week. And it is. It's probably you sometimes need to be able as, as much as you need to focus on your family and do that. But sometimes you've also for your mental well-being have to step away from that situation and have something to distract you. And and I remember, you know, from a personal standpoint, um, you know, I lost my brother several years ago and my mother, you know, was still working at the time and she was off work for probably about a week, a week and a half. And she went to cut, you know, she she wanted to go back and, and she worked at a, at a doctor's office and they were like, no, no, you, she goes, no, I need to be back because I, I need to, I need to be doing something. And, um, so I, you know, I get that, that, you know, there's again, with the distance that we mentioned, you know, there's probably there's only so much you can do and you get to a point in time where you've just got to you've got to you know and I'm and I I hope I don't sound insensitive saying this but but for your mental health you have to be able to you know as I said so he goes to training for a couple hours that's going to be the probably the best thing for him just a little bit of a distraction and you're around people that care about you and and if you're you know doing something and then all of a sudden you've got to step away they're they're not going to judge him for that, you know. So, yeah, 
but no, I think if I think if he went to Klopp and said, you know, I want to I want to be there. I want to be on the bench. I want to maybe, you know, maybe come in and play 15 minutes or so. I think you're absolutely right. I think Klopp would say and step away. They're they're not going to judge him for that, you know, so. Yeah. But no, I think if I think if he went to Klopp and said, you know, I want to I want to be there. I want to be on the bench. I want to maybe, you know, maybe come in and play 15 minutes or so. I think you're absolutely right. I think Klopp would say. And honestly, this is probably a good game for him to do that because it's Luton. You know, I mean, if we were up against Man City or, you know, one of the more um, challenging opponents, then that might be a little harder of a call. For, mm. for Klopp to make, but you know, I, I think it's probably a, a uh, an easier call for him if if that is something that Luis Diaz wants to do. I think the um, doing right by yourself or trying to look out for your own um, sanity in situations like that, it's very a lot akin to you know the disaster situation of if you're in a uh, an air crash you got to put your mask on first so you can't help anybody else and like my own equivalent sort of feeling in terms of stress was m- my brother went AWOL for two weeks um, a couple of years ago four summers ago now maybe three summers ago um, and it was horrendous and we didn't know anything and you're doing these daily searches it's entirely surreal there are fucking helicopters in the air and cops around and neighbors are rallying and doing this that and the other and you find yourself by in an extended period of time and that's kind of where i'm finding there might be something relatable here with what Luis is going on this extended period of stress yeah you you get to a point in it where you just like well like you said i i, I gotta do something fucking normal today because you know this is just too mad and 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 there's literally nothing else that i can do except try to make sure that i stay sane so that you know my family aren't having to carry me around the place um so that's basically i found myself you know about to sit in and do a couple of podcasts now it never really happened but i did get back to some sort of normality i did some work around the house i famously got it big old garden I went down and did, <laughs> did hours of chores you know and, mm-hmm. and and lost myself in that because what else are you going to do so I, I really hope that the support of that bunch that we've been talking about is beneficial to Luis and that it's not going to be much longer before this is resolved I don't know about you but I said something there on Twitter the other evening because my understanding of this thing is that, you know, the vast majority of these things are done purely for financial gain. It's a simple way of extorting money. And I had some, you know, very, you know, the usual Twitter sort of uh, (laughs) haughty, fucking sanctimonious fella saying, well, actually, it's political motives. And I was like, okay, great. So it's political motives because Luis Diaz is involved in politics. Come on. Maybe they are trying to draw uh, draw attention to a certain cause or whatever, but. I don't know. Whatever the reason is, it usually ends up being something quite venal. And I hope that whoever it is that needs to have their little desire met can have that soon and that, that Luis can get his dad back. And um, we don't have this 
mental top topic of conversation and he doesn't have this horrible stress going on now we we have time for a couple more topics and i do want to get around to them two of them are a little bit heavier and two of them not so much so i want to finish up we said we'd talk about holiday season halloween and christmas (laughs) and i do want to talk about darwin nunez uh, because we've already touched on on his lack of english and how it doesn't seem to matter so we might finish with those two but we have had, again, with a crossover into harrowing real life, harrowing on the scale that most of us have never seen before, uh, if we're being perfectly honest, um, certainly in terms of the coverage and exposure of the details, which itself has been notably slanted. We have all found ourselves uh, horrified by the extent of the loss of life that's happening at the moment, Um, especially um, on one particular side of this conflict that we have with Israel um, and especially centered on Gaza. And it's difficult to talk about it without getting emotive, using emotive language. It's not really the point here. And you and I are not going to solve the Middle East crisis on a fucking podcast. So, <laughs> you know, so what I want to do is just talk about it as it affects our club and our perception of our club. And a few people have been, as they'd say in Liverpool, knocked sick by some of the actions of the authorities at the club. And again, you're going to get very, very aggressively held opinions on this because it's fucking 2023, Lisa Marie, and everybody's got aggressively (laughs) held opinions. They're not capable of holding two ideas in their heads at once and perhaps having a mediated response to it. No, no, you must pick a team and be very, very pro that team. But when you see a kid arrive at a, a football match with a Palestinian flag on his hoodie and be removed and have that removed and then be allowed to go back in a t-shirt on an October night in football. You see a guy who comes in with a Wataru Endo banner and gets asked to remove it because it's a nationalistic, the IC at the end, very important, flag. And there's new directives and the club are taking this stance. That went on. I don't know if you've seen the fallout from that, but that's been spectacular um, with the the, the, the guy who um, has had these banners in these specific locations that don't block anyone's view and fit perfectly in that and add spectacularly to the Anfield atmosphere. Why? Why do I say that? Why do I know that? Because the club itself has used these banners for promo stuff. They have acknowledged openly the excellence of these banners and I believe even commissioned the fella in question to make banners. And now he's been told, because I think he took quite a firm stance himself against the club when he was asked to remove his endo banner, he's been told that uh, his banners are no longer um, welcome. They do not meet safety requirements, which they apparently did from 2017 until last week. That's a lot. I know I'm rambling, but I just want to get it out <laughs> on the table so that people understand what it is we're talking about. 
the bigger question that I have for you is, as a sports fan, which you are, as a person living in the world with a political interest, which you are, and I know you've got an interest in history, is it possible to separate out politics and sport? Should you? And where did you land as you looked at? Because it's very easy to be, you know, let the lads, let the lad have his banner, let him say. But there's this the safety protocol thing or the, the the security issue was we don't want tense situations or potentially violent situations erupting in um, the stadium. That's the rationale behind the club's logic. And a lot of people will back the club and say, well, what else can they do? And we've seen the supporters union do that. So. My God, I've put a lot on the table there. But what was your response to what's been happening over the last week or so? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on epl index and follow us there on twitter at epl index thank you bye-bye it's you know i just you know you read these things and and to be fair most of the time i initially see them on twitter x whatever it's called platform and you know you're just like why and and normally when i see something on there my initial thought i may potentially think like but then I think, okay, but is this the full story? You know, yeah. and, and we we kind of talked about some of this, and I can't remember a specific instance, but I know I've said this in the past where it's like, well, okay, but what what's the full? You know, is this the full story? And I will generally, you know, as opposed to knocking off a response comment, you know, I I tend to maybe click on if there's a link, read what's going on, you know, do a little digging before I kind of form an opinion. Um, The Indo flag, that whole thing seems, I I feel like it's gotten petty. Um, And, and I, and, and just like, and I mean that more from the club's standpoint that, okay, on one hand, I kind of get where you're like, you know, we, no, no, you know, no political, no, no national, but, but it was, and Dave Hendricks said it on, I think it was yesterday's Daily Red, where he was like, as far as I know, no one's at war with Japan. But, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that kind of makes you giggle. But but you kind of think, well, no, but I do sometimes see where sometimes a hard line has to be drawn. Um, but as you said, this guy's been bringing banners in. OK, so tell him, all right, they can't have any political connections to them. But now why he can't bring anything in. And and I feel like that is a backlash to him for being so public in bringing forward what happened to him. So so I'm yeah, I I I think the 
the club's been a little harsh there. Um, you know, about the fellow who had the hoodie taken off of it. You know, it, you don't want him to ha- have him turn it inside out. I'm pretty sure that Palestinian flag didn't, you know, wasn't on the inside of it. Make him turn it inside out and then you can put it back on because you're right. And I can imagine a T-shirt in on that October evening in Liverpool or wherever is, is you know, a bit chilly. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there need to be workarounds and, you know, there should be. But on one hand, I think, OK, I understand that these stewards or whatever, they're being told these are the rules and there can sometimes be room for interpretation. And I mean, you and I've talked about this before. Use your common sense, have the man turn it inside out and give it back to him. But oftentimes common sense, it's like, it's just lacking in general in people sometimes today. I don't, I don't understand how, what we've done to, to remove common sense, common courtesy, whatever, from our society it it feels like it's just it's just gone missing um to the point of i don't think we can separate politics and sport i mean i think in this day and age i think it would be highly highly difficult just as global as a world we live in with how everything is so front and you know if this were 50 years ago where you're getting your news either you know, on the, you know, on the six o'clock news in the evening and from the newspaper, that would be an easier line to draw. But now when you're seeing images of things essentially as they're happening, I don't, you just can't, those, those lines are so much more difficult to, to draw. And I think if you're, you're going to draw them, then they are going to have to be hard lines where it's going to have to be, all right, no flags, no, you know, whatever. Um, But then you do, you think back to a year ago when maybe a little more than a year ago, but all the support for Ukraine and, and all of that. Okay, so that was acceptable. But now, I, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it was, you know, Russia bad, Ukraine good. Well, I, you know, for, for whatever reason, this is so much more polarized. You know, you put religion in anything and it's going to become very polarized. So, um I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'll just sit here and ramble. However much longer do you want this podcast to last? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there's no easy answer and and there's no way that you're you're going to make everybody happy because there's just there's just not there's just feelings run too high that that someone is going to be offended. Someone's going to be upset. And, you know, it it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't, you know, you just it's unfortunate, but it is the world we live in. Don't you think, though, and I think this is probably where it's stuck in the craws of a lot of us, that we have this anthem, philosophy, yeah. mission mm-hmm. statement, whatever it is. <laughs> we have this uh, association with socialism for what it's worth. Some people balk at that. Some people embrace it wholeheartedly basically is built off the idea of Bill Shankly and his ideas and the incredibly industrial nature of the city over the years and the hardships the city's endured and the, I think, you know, Scouse not English attitude that I've always appreciated immensely um, and made me feel (laughs) far more at home over there um, over the years. It just seemed a bit off when you could see what happened, for example, at Celtic Park, 
um, and you saw the outpouring of empathy for people who are suffering, not people who are military opponents of another military in a conflict, but people who are collateral damage as a result of the conflict between some people of their religion who claim to represent them and another power. And so you don't have to be some sort of great um, noble minded and, 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 and deep political thinker to say, Hey, this seems very fucking wrong on a level that we've never seen before. And so I want to express my affinity with the people who are being killed in great numbers, the people who are suffering, the people who are having basic human rights denied to them because of this conflict. And it was simple. It was an outpouring of emotion on behalf of those people from those Celtic supporters. It just feels like that's what we should have at our club as well. Do you know what I mean? Culturally, Lisa Marie, culturally. Does that make sense? Now you're, you are no, that makes absolute sense. I was thinking too, um, a couple things. Um, one was that you know Liverpool being you know one of the most popular clubs globally. Mm, I think good point. brings in another level of difficulty or whatever. Um, but but yeah, I mean you've you know Liverpool is one of the biggest clubs across across the globe. Yeah, and so I think sometimes that makes it a little harder to reconcile, you know, some of these political differences, if you will. Also, I, I was thinking, you know, cause you had given me this as a topic to think about as part of it. it we can't help but be global. We have players that come from, I don't know. I, I pulled up the, you know, the player list and started counting countries. I came up with 14 or 15 in the first team alone, different countries. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which just adds to that Liverpool is as global, you know, and, you know, yeah. I don't. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't pull up other teams to see, you know, how it how com- how it compared. But I would have to think it is one of the more um, diverse, if you will, when you when you start naming countries, um, teams in the Premier League, um, just because, you know, you've got we've got, you know, I mean, heck, look at our front five. And you've got Egypt, Portugal, Colombia, um, Uruguay, <laughs> where the hell are you from? And um, in the Netherlands. I mean, mm. our five front, you know, usual front five come from five different countries right there. Um, so, yeah, it's it, but it, it, I agree. Yeah, I mean, heck, all you have to think of, you know, you never you'll never walk alone. I mean, that should that should pull it too. I, I, it's just, it makes my head hurt and it makes me sad. So sometimes it's one of the, I mean, this is when we started, what topic were we on about? I don't know. It was a while ago. Um, but I was just like, I, I get to a point where I don't know the answer and I have to stop thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't come up with the, you know, I can't come up with the answer and I just have to stop thinking about it because it makes my head hurt. Um, well, well, it's other things that make my head hurt. So, yeah, yeah. it's just it's hard. It's hard. This type of thing is clearly, you know, 
above our pay grade when it comes to, like I said, a podcast is not going to settle it. But I just wish you'd like to think there'd be more conversations where there was some obvious truths acknowledged in place of what we see constantly, at least what we see over here um, on British media and European media, this constant stance that flies in the face of everything else that we see and makes is making people who don't give a crap about anything happening around them at all say, eh, that seems wrong. This doesn't seem right. Why are you badgering this guy to condemn something when he's just given you a historical fact that this didn't all just blow up on the 7th of October? And these kind of horribly stark things are starting to feed into what most people, most people's perception of this. And it just makes the club stance, I suppose what I'm saying is it makes the club stance even more hard to stomach because it seems to fly in the face of decency, uh, which is surely a word that we associate with our club, even if it is a little bit smug on our behalf. We do think of ourselves as being that way. It is the cultural thing. It's like you say, there are no easy answers. It does make your head hurt. There's not a whole lot you can do, except I think we can do our part by feeding into some sort of non-hair-on-fire, lunatic fringe, rage-filled contributions and try and have some sort of conversation which acknowledges what the humanity of it is what the the reality of it is and 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 maybe maybe there'll be some sort of mass pushback um maybe there'll be some relief to that situation but it just to be honest talk about head hurting Lisa Marie it makes it so bleak I can't even I can't even think about it I read far too much for my own good (laughs) <laughs> and on the back of that, it is very, very well advised that we change the subject to Darwin Nunes. <laughs> Darwin Nunes, there you go. That's a, that's yeah. a segue. <laughs> that's a segue right there. Well, the reason I, I just I want to go back to Nunes very quickly because I've had this chat with Jan and I don't want to repeat material, but I want to run it past you because I'm very curious about your take here. Um, and then I want to chat to you a little bit about, uh, about uh, holiday season. But very quickly, my question to you was, why the hell is Darwin so popular? Um, and that wasn't meant to be a shitty question based on no. he hasn't done enough. It's like, why was it that Darwin carries the ball in this wonderful way and goes around the keeper and hits the post and our new boy, Ryan Gravenberg, who everyone wants to succeed and who's done very well and seems to be very popular and a really good lad, scores a goal and everyone chants Nunes immediately. <laughs> why, does, why, why does that happen? And so when I put it to Jan, he was like, OK, Trev, so I've got I've got three people for you. I've got Robbie Fowler. I've got Fernando Torres. And I've got Darwin Nunes. And they're all in the same category. Uh, and I was like. I, I knew where he was going with it, but they're not quite the same because those two boys were actually producing outrageous amounts of goals um, to entirely validate their position as favourites from minute one. Um, but I got where he was going. They're kind of mavericky, kind of um, 
unpredictable, kind of come up with stuff that nobody else could see. Now, I think Fowler is the best example because as a younger man, I think Robbie's like a year or two, perhaps younger than me. But as a younger a younger fella, it felt a bit like we were kind of peers. And I was like, look at that guy doing it. Um, he was such an exciting footballer to watch. And you didn't know when he wound up his left foot where the ball would go. But you knew it was headed goalwards. <laughs> he was so exciting and so uh, invigorating in a period of time when we'd been kind of, it was the closest thing to the doldrums that Liverpool fans had had. You know, once Kenny left in 91, we had some bad years um, in terms of not really achieving a whole lot. Like, oh, we won the FA Cup, but people didn't even consider that valid. Um, and then Robbie starts breaking through in the mid 90s. And it's like, what is this kid? Where did he come from? He's so exciting. He's so good. He's a scouser. He's I was gonna say he's local, right? Yeah. So supporting the Dockers. He's pulling off the thing and showing the Dockers t-shirt. He's like, oh, this guy's. He's pretending to sniff coke along the line because he's taking a dig at someone else. It's he's a proper proper character. Uh, you can understand why he would be a local hero. But here's my point about Robbie Feller. The reason I mention him. Scouts would call him God. No, like, there's no middle ground here. You're either like just a good lad, <laughs> or you're fucking God. So, this is where this is where I, I'm I'm drawing you into this. What is it about Nunes? Do you think? Clearly, he's a very good footballer. He's capable of moments of sublime brilliance, like the one we saw in midweek. Okay, and it could be as simple as he's obviously a very striking looking fella as well. That could possibly be a part of it uh, for some people, but it's not really doing anything for me. I'm just like, but, but I still, I still love the guy. Right. So what, what do you think it is? What's the reason for his immense immediate popularity? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Um, one thing that crossed my head or crossed through my head when I was thinking this was, you know, he was essentially our only signing the summer of 2022. <laughs> So that's that's all we had to focus on, really. Yes. Um, so yeah. so that 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 may have contributed to it a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think what that did more than anything was it sort of built up expectations, um, some of which were a bit unfair. Plus, it was at the same time, you know, Erling Haaland signed for Man City. So I, I don't know if 
people kind of got behind him as sort of a like, but our guy's great too. You know, he's not a cyborg or whatever Holland is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, But yeah, so I, I think that was a little bit of it and everybody just wanted him to do well. You know, and, and I mean, I mm. think we want that for any of our players. I don't I haven't really necessarily seen seen anything to the contrary. Um, but you're right. I, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I was trying to put my finger on it after you posed that question to me. And I think it's maybe just kind of a combination of things where you've got, you know, I mean. We all know that Mo Salah is amazing and, and, and does these just. You know, he's just this amazing footballer. And but, you know, Mo's been with the club for what, six, seven ish years now. Um, and, and I'm not saying that we're tired of him by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, we, we've just I think sometimes our expectations of Mo are sometimes a little bit unfair because he's been doing so well at that same high standard for so long that we just expect it maybe unfairly at, at times. Um, whereas, you know, everyone was excited about Darwin Nunes coming in. He, you know, and he didn't get off to the best of starts per se. You know, there's the red card, like what the couple games into the season and, you know, and so I think in my opinion, I just want him to do well. You know, I think everybody just wanted to see this kid do well. Um, and, and yeah, and while, as we've mentioned multiple times already on this podcast, is, you know, English struggled a little bit with that. So I think because of that, you're not hearing him say things. You're just kind of seeing this sort of smile on his face. And so he just comes across as a pleasant, a pleasant lad. And and yeah, and, you know, he's fairly easy on the eyes and, you know, all the things. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but but. People, I, I think, I do think maybe it does kind of stem back to the fact that he was kind of our only incoming mm. in 2022. And so, you know, that was, you know, that's where all the focus was and um, good, bad, right, wrong. And, and yeah, and I think it's just the expectations were high. But even as he struggled, everyone seems to have, you know, continued to stand for the most part. I mean, you, you do see some criticisms, but. But I think that all the more makes other people just rally around him. It's like, you know, give the guy a chance. Um, so, yeah, but I, I do. He and I think there's that chaos factor where it's just that. I mean, when he missed that goal on Saturday, I mean, I have I was watching the game at that point. Well, no, I watched it back Um or it was on, but I'd stepped away and then, you know, the goal was scored. Um, but, <laughs> but I was like, he missed it. I was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, Ryan, Ryan got it in. And you're like, oh. I mean, but it was just like, how could he miss that again? How could he do it again? Because it's almost it's a little bit comical in a way that that just keeps happening. But but I love the fact that he doesn't seem to get discouraged by it. It just makes to seem him seem him. I can't speak. Um <laughs> He, he wants to just try harder. You know, he's like, okay, well, that didn't come off. Let's let's go again. And and eventually it does seem to come off. So, hey. Well, one of the first quotes that I was aware of from him came on the field and it was delivered in Spanish to Tiago. And it, it was in it was translated to like none of my shots are going in, brother. And I was like, 
No shit, Darwin. That's pretty much <laughs> what we're all seeing. Uh, and he, the frustration of it was killing him. And if you recall, he had that really stunning early game where we beat City in the whatever the oh, hell right, it's called, yeah, the, the, the community shield. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and it was great. It was very dramatic. And he put Haaland in the shade and everybody's excited enough for it. And then I think maybe it could be as simple as that. I love your idea, by the way, that he was our really only signing. I think people haven't given that enough thought. I think that's got a lot to do with it. But I think as a result of that, then we're so invested he has this enormously promising start. You can see nothing but potential. And then people just have to decide they're along for the ride or not. And like with everything else we said a few minutes ago, these days you've got to be in. And if you're in, you got to pick a side. And most people seem to have picked the side of Darwin and supporting him, regardless of how things go. And it was very, I'm sure, I was watching the match and I was following my Twitter timeline as well. <laughs> excuse me and people were saying that's the most darwin nunez thing to ever darwin nunez uh because he had showed such poise and pace and skill and the little way he beat the defender was just so graceful and goes around the keeper and then as you say how is that possible how do you not put that in the back of the net it's almost it would be almost harder to do what he did um <laughs> but it's just so it was so notable that then Ryan pops in the back of the net and yeah, they chant for Darwin. It's I, I, I love that he's this popular. I love that we are, we have this cult hero on a scale that's so much bigger than a cult hero because he has the potential to be every level of hero for the club. And it's, it's very exciting. And, I, I am watching the clock. I need to get you back to your need to get you back to your regularly scheduled appointments. So I'm going to keep this brief. I don't know what it's like where you are, but <laughs> Halloween's literally just happened two days ago, four days ago, four days ago before Halloween ever happened. <laughs> I saw Christmas decorations and lights going up in houses in my county. The Christmas shop opened the day after Halloween. And I find it all a little bit much. I've never been into the excessive sort of celebration of these holidays things. I'm not really a holidays guy. I love Christmas. I, I've learned to lean into it a little bit. Um, but Halloween never meant a damn to me, except when I was a younger guy, bonfires and whatever. It was a bit of fun. But but I, I have a friend and she is fucking obsessed with Halloween you know she's old enough to know better now but she still has costume parties every Halloween she has her house done up with 79 skulls people just go all in for it and I was reading about the origins of Halloween for people who don't know it's, it's an Irish it's Irish <laughs> yeah it's, it has Irish origins um, a really grim bleak little story that we might tell at some other point um, dark dark origin story uh, and it comes from Ireland and Irish people carried it on then abroad especially in America and it take, takes hold but I get the impression it's bloody huge in the States Halloween oh yeah is that right it is I mean and I should have I should have thought before we started 
I might go over and do it. The people across the street from us, you should see their house. It is it is all done up. Actually, there are people who their houses are more decorated for Halloween than they are for Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, how I had a friend in college who was she was a big Halloween person. It was just she was obsessed with Halloween. Um, you know, it's a bit of fun, but I've, you know, we throw out some pumpkins and, you know, it's kind of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trick or treaters and yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it is. People here get obsessed. I mean, as I said, their their houses or places are decorated every bit as much for Halloween as they are for Christmas. Well, can I can I tell you? Because it's gone full circle. So we exported it to you guys. <laughs> and, and as always, as always is the case, we export it right back. And we take on American culture over here. It just takes a while, but it always comes back here. Now, I was going around the place. I'm currently thinking of perhaps moving a uh, house and doing a little downsized thing. And I'm having a look around at a few places and spent yesterday doing exactly that. So I was in and out of places, residential areas in my county and in the next county and just did the whole day just driving around. Lisa Marie, there are people who have <laughs> garden-sized cobwebs, right, with fucking elephant-sized spiders climbing <laughs> up their house. And I'm like... Are you serious with this? And where does that go now until next year? Or does it go in a bin? I mean, it's I, I, I'm absolutely fascinated by the extent that people take it to. Because it's not even like Christmas where you can have several days of festivities. People have several days off. Right. Is it, I assume it's for the kids, in inverted commas, because they have no There's a house like street or two over from us. And, and I don't know if it's a thing over there, but it's become a big thing over here, not just for Halloween, but Christmas. These like big, like inflatable decorations. Yes. And this one house had several kind of like, seriously, creepy clowns. I mean, like scary, like kind oh, of no. like it's, and I'm like, and you know, they've been up for a few weeks now and I drive past them. And it's just like, children are not. And I mean, this house is kind of on the main thoroughfare for our, you know, our, our neighborhood or our state, whatever you, whatever you call it. Um, I'm like, children are not going to want to trick or treat like on this section of the street because I can seriously see, I mean, they're creeping me out and, and I'm an adult. Um, you know, you bring a four year old up to that. Yes. Extremely frightening. And they don't just have one, they had several. And I'm like, and, and you know, and I, have to drive past this to get out of the neighborhood. There's, there's no other way. I mean, I guess there is a very right anyway. <laughs> you know, for a week, I'm driving past it with, you know, taking Mary Kristen to dance or whatever, and I'm like, you know, they have seriously overdone the creepy clowns. That how she goes right. <laughs> I walk past it on the way home. She goes, I'm glad it's daylight when I'm walking past it on the way home from school. So yeah, but they do, and I don't know. I they, you know, they must store it. Instead of, you know, with next to the Christmas tree, I don't know where they where they put these things. Um, I mean, you know, we deck the halls. But as I said, our yeah, the extent of us is, you know, we threw some pumpkins out on the front porch and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, well, I, the, the, the creepy clown thing got me as well, because 
we didn't quite have the inflatable creepy clowns that I saw, but I did see banners of genuinely disturbing clown murderers. Uh, and I don't know if people realize, but that that's a real thing. Clown, it's coolrophobia or something. It's a real thing. Yeah, there is a name for it, yeah. People are genuinely afraid of fucking clowns. There you are, traumatizing, passing potential house buyers like myself uh, as, as, you, uh, <laughs> as you drive around an Irish estate randomly. Anyway, we should wrap it up. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. We've gone five minutes long. I want to let you get back to your evening. Uh, but it does remain for me to say that I very much enjoyed the chat. I did notice halfway through that Skype stopped the recording and started the recording again, which is bloody weird. But hopefully um, our man Guy will be able to do some genius edit and of cobble course. this together. He's a magician. <laughs> he is a magician. Uh, the, 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 the Swiss Army knife of Anfield Index, as I regularly refer to. Uh, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to do a job, or if it's Nina, equally uh, the, yeah, the moniker applies. Uh, but we should finish up, please, Marie, and hopefully next week we'll have some of our uh, regular playmates back to uh, <laughs> chit-chat with us. But I've enjoyed it very much. And last words for this one to yourself. Anything you want to sign off with? No, no, not at all. Um, no, not at all. I, I won't be able to catch the match live on, on Sunday for, for reasons, but I think sometimes we, we tend to do better when I'm not watching. So that's okay. <laughs> Cause I swear to God, every time I stepped away on, on last Sunday, um, I had it on and yeah, every time I walked away, I, I walked away twice and those were the two of the goals. And I'm like, all right, well, that's it. I'm not, I'm not watching anymore. Um, I had it on <laughs> where I could hear it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be a busy run. And by the time we get another show in, I mean, who really knows where it's going to be? Uh, it, 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 this is such a mad season, Lisa Marie. When you look at the scheduling, there are just regular breaks. I don't know what this is about, but there are regular breaks. But we will try to get a show in sort of post Toulouse and Luton that weekend. Uh, probably it'll be the day or two days ahead of the Brentford game. And then we've got another fortnight off because of reasons. Uh, international nonsense football. International reasons, Yes. <coughs> I mean, it's daft. I'd like to apologize to everyone. I'm full of some dose uh, that's just working its way through my system spectacularly, but uh, I've just been vitamin seeing myself uh, through it for the last couple of weeks. And it has worked spectacularly for a good few years now. So fingers crossed you won't have to listen to me. At least the nasal thing has gone today, but I've got this catch in my throat. So if that sounded, if that was annoying or if I happened to cough and not mute myself, I do apologize. But on behalf of Lisa Marie and myself, thanks very much for joining us for this latest episode we wanted to bring it to you whether we were uh, staffed down or not um we've often threatened to do these before we have done one or two like this and it's always enjoyable we can have a good chat so thanks to lisa marie for that i've been trev danny that was lisa marie hannah and this is the anfield index podcast and like i said we'll do our best to be back with you very very soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. 
Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.